0: Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Discover New Music podcast from Full Pelt Music. Uh, we will be talking today with Miss Vincent, who have just put out their debut album, A Funeral for Youth. And you can check out their most recent single, Roseline, on our Discover New Music playlist over on Spotify. Before we have a chat with Alex from Miss Vincent, just need to remind you, as always, please do follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at Full Pelt and we are on Instagram and Twitter at Full Pelt Music. And if you are watching the video edition of the podcast on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all the latest editions of the podcast. Welcome everyone to the Discover New Music podcast from Full Pelt Music. We're pleased to be joined today by Alex Marshall, who's the front band vocalist, rhythm guitarist for the hot new rock band Miss Vincent. Uh, we've recently reviewed their debut album, a funeral for youth which you can read on our website and please do check out that album wherever you stream your music or preferably purchase your music thank you alex for joining us how are you doing
1: i'm doing good mate i'm doing good um this like this moment is becoming has been coming for so long now that like on honestly i'm just so glad that it's finally here
0: Yeah, so we'll talk a bit about the uh, history of the band because our Discover New Music podcast is designed for people that perhaps aren't familiar with the band um, and obviously want to check out some new music. So we always like to start off with a question around the origins of the band. So how did Miss Vincent uh, get together? What is the origin story for the band?
1: So, you know, I, I was in some terrible bands growing up um as everyone is when you're 14 and know only about three chords i mean i still know only three chords (laughs) maybe i know four now but anyway um you know and uh i I was i was in a metal band for a few years um because you know as as we all do we kind of discover bands get obsessed with them and then kind of you know uh you you move on to something else um but you know i so i was in a metal band for a couple years and um through for a whole myriad of reasons i left that band and um you know, I, I I still wanted to play music. Um, I've Like, I'm I'm the biggest... Well, I, that's probably making a claim that I can't back up, but I'm a massive Ramones obsessive. Like, yeah. I love the Ramones. <laughs> um, you know, I've got a big-ass Ramones tattoo on my arm. You know, I've been to the... I, I've even been to um, New York to go and see, like, jo- Joey Ramone Place and stuff like that. And um, I have some great stories about being in New York and meeting people that were involved with the Ramones and stuff like this. Yeah. So anyway, you know, punk rock was like, you know, that that's it's basically such a big part of me that i came out being in a metal band and i was like god i really want to play punk rock again um and the trouble was is that you know this was this was in like 2011 when um you know pop punk was huge you know pop punk was really starting to to kind of like dominate the rock and roll airwaves at the time and I've got nothing against it. It's just I don't particularly connect with playing that kind of that kind of like um, that style of of rock and roll, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I really wanted to start something that sort of um, paid homage to the Ramones, and and um, you know I'm I'm a huge Alkaline Trio fan, um, you know, totally obsessed with them as well. Big Green Day fan. Um, I, w- I wanted that kind of classic element of punk rock to take take the center stage again you know um fast sad songs you know um i, I love bad religion so i wanted harmonies and stuff like this so so I was, I was trying to like percolate exactly what i was trying to do um put a bunch of feelers out and basically nothing happened for ages um <laughs> you know I, I spent like a year trying to start this band and then eventually through some uh band forming website i met laurie who's our guitarist, um, he was studying at the ACM in Guildford. Um, and this is when I was still living down in Hampshire. Um, we got together, you know, we bombed it over like Alkaline Trio, No Effects, um, you know, the Misfits, like all these bands that, that just, you know, had dominated us growing up and, and that we loved and we really hit it off. Um, and so, you know, we, we started looking for a drummer, um, that, took, again, took ages. Drummers are like unicorn shit, man. Like, they just do not exist. Like, yeah. everyone wants to play guitar, you know? It's so difficult yeah. to learn the drums because they're so loud. Anyway, we eventually found Jack. He was also at the ACM, and Laurie kind of, you know, got in contact with him. Um, and I I had this friend called Daisy who, uh, you know, we'd talked about doing something together for ages. Um, and our kind of big point of contact between each other was, like, My Chemical Romance, because, you know, um, they're, still, they're still one of the greatest bands ever as well. Yeah. So... That was kind of that to start with, and you know we uh, we used to practice in my living room of my apartment um, with and like at this stage, Laurie didn't even have a guitar. Amp. He was playing through this like Line Six pedal board that I'd hooked up this um, stage active stage monitor so that he could hear himself play, and it was like super toy town. Um, but you know through through some of the contacts that I'd had, um, you know i, I we, we we got our first tour it was like a proper toilet tour um yeah. as, as a side note i actually met my future wife on that tour so it was like significant oh, for a number of reasons amazing yeah um yeah man and um so you know we, we we agreed to do that and then two weeks beforehand daisy decided that she didn't really fancy kind of committing to a rock and roll band um and decided to leave so that kind of left us in a bad position i played bass for about six months um so we carried on as a three piece. Uh, It was fine, but it it didn't really take it didn't really give us the opportunity to do what we wanted with the music. So we eventually um, put out the call for a bass player. And then in early 2013, Owen joined. And that's basically the first sort of iteration of Miss Vincent when we when we released our first EP Creepy. Um, Obviously, you know, since then, it's changed a lot. you know, we've uh, we've developed our music and our personalities and in some cases our musicianship. I can't really say that I'm much of a musician, really. But, um, you know, the other guys definitely have. Uh, Jack, obviously, you know, Jack left the band a few years back um, and uh, we got Nate, our current drummer, to to, to, to join us, um, which I sort of stole him from another band, um, but, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, and yeah, so that that's kind of us, man. We've been we've been touring and and recording and writing music ever since.
0: Yeah, so it's been a yeah a longish road for you guys to get to where you are. But obviously, you're at a point now where you can put out uh, what we consider you know a stunning record um, that's come out. That's you pre- funny pretty say. You proceeded that with a number of singles. Uh, we picked up on a couple of them and included them in our discover new music playlist over on Spotify. One of which. Uh, with your most recent single, Rosaline. Just wanted to ask you uh, about that track, um, and just you know, again, how did that track uh, come about? What what's the meaning behind the track? Because we've really enjoyed Rosaline.
1: Rosaline is a funny one. Um, lyrically, it sort of came about from me um, sit, sitting around reading this big, thick book of Shakespeare's works that I've got. Um, you know, like everybody, I studied them in school and wasn't really paying attention because that's kind of what you do in school. Um, I really wish that I had though, because like, you know, sort of in the years since I've connected with a lot of a lot of the plays and a lot of the kind of themes and stuff like that. And um, I just, occasionally I'll just sit down and just open it at, at a play and just like read a few scenes and just kind of like, you know, use that to kind of spark my imagination a little bit.
0: And the, and the one that
1: I opened it up to was Romeo and Juliet. Now, Rosaline is a character in Ro- Romeo and Juliet, but she nev- you never see her and you never hear from her. Um, she is kind of Romeo's initial love interest. Um, and, he- and she is, in, a- in an indirect way, the reason that he meets Juliet, because he wants to go to this party to basically try and get on Rosaline. Ends up meeting Juliet, and we all know the rest of the story. So, <laughs> um, But I was fascinated by kind of the, the symbolism of her. You know, she, she symbolizes Romeo's loss of, it, of innocence. You know, that kind of like naive, um, you know, sort of flower of love that you have when you're, yeah. when you're young, um, where everything's really uncomplicated. You're just like, you see somebody and like all of a sudden, like y- your, your entire essence just kind of crumbles. And you're like, how am I ever going to live knowing that this person is in the world? Do you know what I mean? Like yes. when, when, we, when you're young, you're, you're kind of untainted by the, the slings of arrows of outrageous fortune. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're so pure. And Rosaline for me always um, signified the kind of transition from being this pure naive young person to the Romeo that we see at the end of the play. And it kind of just got me thinking about my own life, you know, how I had changed as I grew up. And it was it was making me think of all these, you know, girls that I was obsessed with and I was like 12, you know? Um just that kind of young love thing and and that kind of got me thinking about the wider picture and in, 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 in how we kind of all grow up and as you go through the as you go through life like shit just happens man and and all of a sudden you're like god i'm i i kind of miss the kid i used to be because i yeah. used to be pure and innocent and naive and and you know this kind of lovely thing and you know um and hey presto there was a the song um you know it, it all sort of just came out it was great i mean it's, it's like the dream <laughs> lyric writing process um you know, bizarrely as a side note that song i originally recorded double the speed that, that you hear on the album mm-hmm. I, I wrote wrote as a super fast punk track i was listening to a lot of against me and i was like yeah. you know let's let's really ramp this up um and we discarded it because it was crap um but then one day laurie sent me a demo that he'd made of it where he'd slowed it all down and that's where you get that kind of like, folk, like, like, that, that, that toe tapping, head nodding feeling of almost yeah. like pseudo country, almost that you get in the verse. Uh, and then you have this kind of like big chorus that reminded me of like the Gaslight Anthem all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? And he just yeah, basically,
0: definitely.
1: you know, kind of changed the song, even though all he'd done is slowed it down and re recorded the guitars and, and the drums. So, um, so yeah, and then th- that was it. We just, we were like, oh, it makes sense now. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny how things can uh, work out that way sometimes. Um, And yeah, it it fits really well on the record, uh, Funeral For You, that came out September 17th. Um, So again, for fans uh, or listeners of the podcast that perhaps aren't fans yet, that perhaps don't know the band, um, what should they expect from that record as a whole? What what is a funeral for you, for people?
1: Big-ass punk rock anthems. is the is the is the way that i describe it like you know um when when we were writing the the album i was uh i I was listening to a lot of like original wave rock and roll um you know i I love johnny cash i love like so many of the bands from and and artists from that era like you know um sister rosetta Tharp, chuck berry fats domino like all these people that you know modern music fans probably would know one of their songs because they've Got really famous songs that have been used across popular culture but probably wouldn't know them from adam otherwise um and that's and that's basically what you get you get on the album you get big punk rock songs that have this kind of undertone of the golden era of rock and roll um so you know it's not rockabilly that's a dirty word that bands don't like to be associated with for some reason um but yeah, it's kind of like imagine Green Day covering Chuck Berry, or imagine Alkaline Trio singing a Johnny Cash song. That's kind of the way that we, um, the way that we try and and, and communicate it to people.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, it's all wrapped up in this fantastic uh, package that works really, really well. Including, I want to touch on the artwork, so the Melancholy Theater artwork that you have on the record, and uh, for fans that were pre-ordering the uh, album from your website uh, certain packages included things like uh, miss vincent branded popcorn for example um where, where did the um you know concept for for the artwork and you know the additional um merch and everything you know come from because it, it looks fantastic
1: oh thank you man um i mean first of all the artwork was done by this incredible artist from california called mark DeSalvo. Now, every punk rock fan will probably have seen his artwork on an album at some point. They just might not know his name, yeah. um, but we'll come back to him in a minute. The um, the the whole idea of using a movie theater came from, you know, those kind of um, old movies, you know, like uh, American Graffiti and Rebel, Rebel Without a Cause and and The Outsiders and all these kind of like classic 50s Greaser flicks, basically. Um, you know, even in Greece, they go to a drive-in movie, you know, Um right so like going to the movies is a big part of my upbringing um it's sort of that one of those sort of constant themes in in growing up that has been there since since 1952 or whatever it is when you know they became really popular and well i mean they've been popular for years before that but you know they became sort of a a part of teenage culture um like really really much in, in in the 50s and and that's kind of where we got the idea from we were just like you know it's in all these great movies that we love it's in so many of the things that we're that 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 have percolated into our, our kind of, um, influences for this album. And it kind of worked because, you know, the whole idea of the album is that it's like, you know, saying goodbye to your youth, you know, and there are so many movies about coming of age, you know? Um, and so we just kind of went with it, you know, the popcorn, the artwork, you know, we, we loved the idea of the melancholy theater because it relates to the title. In, in the title track, um, A Funeral for Youth, um the last line of the chorus is a melancholy funeral for youth um and so we were like cool it's the melancholy theater great and then we were like right okay cool so we know we want a a movie theater frontage um you know who could we get like we didn't want to have that kind of real modern feel to it we wanted that kind of like classic timeless like clearly been been worked on with love and we were looking at, at our albums that we loved and there's this amazing band on Fat Records called um, the Bomb Pops, and they released this album called Death in Venice Beach. Um, and the artwork for it is fantastic. I mean, it's a great album in general. I love the Bomb Pops, but the artwork in particular had always stuck out to me. Whenever wow. it came up on Spotify, I was like, that is fantastic artwork. So we looked into it, and turns out it was this guy, Mark DeSalvo, who has done, I mean, his. His, like, portfolio is like a who's who of Southern California rock and roll. Like, he's done stuff for No Effects. He's done stuff for Pulley. He's stuff done for for Lagwagon. He's done stuff for, like, Tony Sly. Like, it was... I was amazed. I couldn't believe that I'd, I'd spent my whole life looking at this guy's artwork. Yeah. And I only and I only just found out his name. Um, and so we contacted him on a bit of a whim, expecting him to be like, yeah, sure, that'll be 20 grand, you know, because he's he's this you know behemoth of alternative punk rock artwork um and turns out mark is the nicest guy on the planet as well as being one of the world's greatest artists he is the nicest dude on the planet he was like finding out a little bit more about us so that he could like you know make himself approachable as an artist because you know mark's just a punk rock guy you know and that's what i love about the punk rock community is that you you have this guy that's done all these amazing amazing things and yet you know he, he was into the idea and so we made it work and he made it work and he just like i can't imagine anybody else having done it i just i love the artwork so much he 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 really put the time the thought the effort the artistry that it needed and i i, I genuinely think it's the perfect complement to the music um you know he's such a great dude he's been so supportive of us of us since then and you know if we ever do anything else, there's only one person that's going to be doing the artwork for it, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it's like you say, the, the artwork sometimes can become almost as iconic as the music for, for certain albums. And you can tell both musically and, you know, with the artwork that surrounds it, that A Funeral For Youth, you know, has had the time care and the love put into it. And it really does come across um, when you, you see it and you listen to it. Obviously, you said the you know, Origins of the band date back to kind of 2012-ish. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, yeah, almost a decade ago, really. So how does it feel for you now when you look at um, the piece of art that you've created and you're putting out to the world? How does it feel to finally be putting uh, a full album out? Um, you, yeah, how how does that sit for you?
1: I mean, the, the number one feeling is relief, to be honest. Um, you know, considering we've been a band, like our first show was 4th of May, 2012, so next yeah. year it'll be 10 years. Now, we've only done three EPs and an album in that time, which is not a lot for 10 years. Um, and, and there's, I mean, there's obviously millions of reasons for that, many of them financial, like we always tried to be DIY as possible, but yeah. that comes with some serious cost implications. Um, releasing music is really expensive. Touring is really expensive. Recording is really expensive. And so, you know, we it's been a bit of a fight, to be honest, to get to this point, doing it the way we've done it. Um, the reason that we did it the way we, we've done it is, is because we wanted to do what we wanted to do. We didn't want to um, join an existing scene and try and ride a wave. We wanted to carve our own path. And, uh, you know, that's that's I know that's completely mind-numbingly cliche to say. But in reality, there aren't a lot of bands that sound like us right now. Um, yeah. And there haven't really been for 10 years. There's loads in America... But there's virtually none in the uk so being a uk band doing an american essentially what what most people consider an american thing um is hard so to get to the point that we found great people to work with we're working with silent cult um who are releasing the album and they are absolutely fantastic they get us you know we we wanted to to um to connect with with people that get us and understand what we want to do um i won't i won't you know bore you with the stories of other labels like huge labels that we've had conversations with that that you know just said things that made my skin crawl um yeah. you know things like we don't sign bands we sign influencers that make music like are you kidding me no sorry if that's the world that you're living in i don't want to be a part of it and i'm okay with that um so yeah man i'm i'm relieved i'm ecstatic i'm you know i just really want people to hear it I really want yeah. people to hear it um you know we, we love what we do and you know what like if if we're going by the law of averages most bands only ever make one album and that's fine with us because if this is the last piece of music that i ever record if a bus hits me tomorrow then i'm i'm good man like this this album i'm so proud of it that i all i almost don't care if people like it
0: almost <laughs> but you know talking to it and obviously experiencing the uh the album and you know the journey you've been on yeah you know, it is clear the uh you know the passion that you have for as you say doing things the right way you know perhaps passing on certain opportunities um that you've had because you want to follow the right way and you know that does um Come with risk, um, but also you know certain bands have done it that way and, and been well rewarded for it. You guys have put in a lot of effort. You've obviously had time to um, hone your craft out on the road, uh, and obviously live music is massively important for any band, especially you know young bands trying to break through. Uh, there hasn't been much opportunity for that for the last eighteen months for for obvious reasons. But you guys have got out and played a handful of shows recently. Supported uh, Creeper. And you've got two shows lined up as special album release shows. Um, what can you tell the fans? Where are those shows? Um, and what can fans expect from the shows from you guys?
1: Well, I was uh, it's bizarre. I was actually having a, quite a long, protracted conversation about those shows earlier today in terms of kind of, kind of making plans for them. We're about six weeks out from, from them now. The, um, yeah. the first one is September—sorry, uh, October 27th uh, at the Joiners in Southampton, which is the greatest music venue of all time. Um, it doesn't matter where you live in the UK. At yeah. some point in your life, you must go to the joiners. Like, you know, people talk about CBGBs in the US. We've got the joiners. You know, everyone's played there Oasis, Green Day, NoFX, Ed Sheeran, Coldplay, like The Verve. Like, it doesn't matter who you are as a massive rock and roll star. You've probably played the joiners. Yeah. Um, so, to, you know, that's like our spiritual home, really. Um, so to be doing one of our album release shows there is very very special for us. Um, so that's that's October 27th at the Joiners in Southampton. Um, we've got so much cool stuff planned for these shows, man. I can't obviously I can't really give too much away because it no. won't be a surprise when they happen. But um, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a real spectacle. That's what we want. You know we've gone with the whole kind of movie theater theme for the album, and we want yeah. we want a, a, a production and a performance that that backs that up. You know, um, and yeah, and then the other one we're playing is the day after october 28th which is a friday in um signature brew which is in london um and yeah that'll be pretty much the same production pretty much the same show but just uh in a different location in the big smoke itself so you know um london shows are a weird one man uh for 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 people in bands and this is maybe something you've heard before but it's something i hear a lot is that london shows are important because it's london but actually a lot of the time you know, I've, I've been to a lot of shows in London because I used to live right nearby. And the crowds kind of suck sometimes. You know, they've got that kind of whole London elitism thing, like, oh, we don't yeah. need to go too mental. You know, we get this stuff all the time. Like, you know, that we've got this kind of sensory overload where cool stuff happens so often that it's not even really that cool anymore. Um, you know, we've, we've been very lucky, I think, on the whole. We've always loved playing in London. But, um, you know, it's gonna be it's going to be a party, man. We can't wait. We haven't done a UK headline show for so long now that it, I just can't wait. You know, even before the pandemic, we did a headline tour in Germany that in February 2020. And our tour before that was late in 2019 with As It Is, um, who are great friends of ours, in Europe as well. So we haven't played <laughs> in the UK for so long. It's crazy, but yeah, they're going to be amazing. Honestly, if anybody lives anywhere near those two cities, you've got to come and hang out with us. We will make it worth your while, and we will show you a great time.
0: Yeah, I fully encourage anyone to pop along to them shows. Uh, they you know, are set to be something very special. Yeah, you know? um, and after those two shows, I assume there'll be more tour plans to come. Uh, you probably can't tell exactly where and when, but you know, fans should hopefully expect to see you on the road. I'm guessing
1: yeah i mean you know we have a lot of plans um, obviously i can't really talk about them yet um you know the other thing about being in a band like ours is you know there's always going to be somebody on a bigger label with a bigger manager with a better agent you know um yeah. so there's there's some stuff in the pipeline that if it comes off i will literally be able to die happy honestly like but obviously i can't tell you what it is because we haven't got it yet but um we will be touring. We will absolutely be touring as soon as we can, wherever we can. We've, we're, we're making plans to go back to Europe. We're making plans to go around the UK. Um, you know, Scotland, for example, is a place that we love playing that we barely ever get up to because it is on the polar opposite end of the country yeah. from us. Um, but yeah, man, we will be touring as much as we possibly can past these shows. But obviously we want to focus as much as we can on the release shows for now because, yeah, the album's yeah. out. So, uh, you know, learn the words, come down and sing them with us.
0: Yeah, definitely. The future is very bright for Miss Vincent. Um, Listeners can check the band out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Miss Vincent Band, I believe that's right. That's correct. Yeah, um, yeah. fans, definitely check out this band get out on the roads. Um, Alex, thank you very much for joining us. Is there anything else you'd like uh, to say to to the listeners today?
1: Not really. Just, you know, listen to our record. Give it a chance. Um, You'll love it. It's great. And come see us of course
0: <laughs> yeah definitely no thank you very much alex um thank you for uh joining us and thank you everyone for tuning in to the discovery music podcast from full cup music there we have it, another episode of the discovery music podcast in the books uh great having the chat with miss vincent a reminder you can check out their single rose line on our discovery music playlist over on spotify and you can check the band out on their social media channels at Miss Vincent Band. Please check us out on our social media channels to keep up to date with the latest Full Pelt music. We are on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Instagram at Twitter at Full Pelt Music. And please, on YouTube, if you're watching our video edition, hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time.